Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to uh, James chapter 1. Uh-oh. We've got a prop here today. So everybody say hello to the prop. Come on, hello prop. James chapter 1. Actually going to read from verse 2. Familiar passage of scripture. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, and not lacking anything. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials, many kinds. I always consider it joy when I face many trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking anything. And so, Father, we just thank you for your grace and your mercy, your love. And we thank you for this opportunity to gather as the church of Jesus Christ. We thank you for this opportunity to sit at your feet, your word. Would you speak to all of us here today? Speak to us corporately as a church, but speak to us individually as well, Lord God, we pray. We're hungry for a word from you. Pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation that your word will become a revelation in our hearts, Lord God. That we're gonna walk out of this place with a thought, a concept, an idea. An idea, Lord God, that we're gonna act upon and it's gonna change our eternal destiny. Our life is gonna be different because of the message today, Lord God. And I thank you for that. I thank you for what you're gonna do. I thank you that you will speak. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Let there be freedom to speak, to hear your word. Let there be nothing in me. Forgive me of my sins. That hinders this word, I pray, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to speak today on the subject, paradoxical emotions. Paradoxical. He's gone. Uh, Paradoxical emotions. Uh, God has created us as emotional beings, and we're called to express our faith within the context of our emotions. Emotions are not a sin. It's okay to be emotional beings and it's okay to express our faith with our emotions. And there are some emotions we all want to experience like peace and love and joy and and those kind of nice emotions. But then there are some emotions that we want to avoid at all costs. Emotions like fear, depression, anger, conflict. They're there, oh yuck, I don't want to, I just, just the fact that you mentioned them, I just, oh, I don't like it. It's to these challenging emotions that I want to speak to today. Key thought for the message is this, Uh, challenging emotions can actually be a doorway to freedom, joy, and blessing, hence the door. Challenging emotions can actually be a doorway to joy, freedom, and blessing. Paradox of some emotions is that the, the very emotions we seek to avoid, the very emotions we seek to run from, bury, deny, um, 
kind of not, not, not pay any attention to, just avoid it at all costs, is the very emotion that can actually be a doorway that brings us to blessing and freedom. Let me give you an example in Scripture. We read it in our text. James says, consider it pure joy. Circle the word joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Trials in the same sentence as joy is an oxymoron. Those two words should not be in the same sentence, like aeroplane food. They should not be, you know, Microsoft works. They should not be in the same sentence. And yet they are, because you know that the testing of your faith produces something. You know that the testing of your faith, it produces something. What does it produce? It produces perseverance, endurance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking anything. The emotion James is speaking about is joy. But what he's saying is that one of the ways you experience joy is by experiencing trials. Trials are the doorway to experiencing joy. And the reason why we experience joy is because we realize that the trial produces a whole bunch of things that we all really want in our lives. I don't know about you, I want to be mature. I don't want to be immature. Can I hear an amen? How many people like immature people? A few around. I don't want to be I want to be mature. I want to be complete. I don't want to be incomplete. I want to be complete. I want to not lacking anything. I mean, they're the kind of descriptions. I want someone to describe me like that. James is saying, well, the way you get those things is by walking through the door that says trial. Now, I don't know about you, but if there are two doors in a room, one says trial and the other one says easy road. I'm not going to choose the trial door ever. Can I hear that? Please, someone, just be, be normal. Can, can someone help me out here? I'm never going to choose the trial road. I'm always going to choose the easy road door. But here's the thought. It's the trial door that's going to lead us to joy. Behind the trial door, it's perseverance, maturity, not lacking anything. And that's the paradox. That's the paradox. Bible is full of these paradoxes. The Beatitudes are a paradox, each and every one of them. The Bible says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Well, I thought it was blessed are the loud, the strong, the confident, for they will get ahead in life. Blessed are the meek, the Bible says, for they shall inherit the earth. Apparently, it's meekness that helps us. So in life, we do everything we can to avoid certain emotions. But it's the very emotions we seek to avoid that can be a doorway to the very thing that we desire. We avoid certain emotions. We, we blame others. We deny the reality of them. We avoid them and so on. And we do everything we can to just pretend that that door does not exist or that emotion does not, or that situation does not exist but it's the very emotion that we seek to avoid that could be a doorway to the very thing that we desire. So I've got a few paradoxes to give you. 
And I just pray that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to all of us today. First of the paradoxical emotions is fear. Here we go. Here's the door. First of the paradoxical emotions is fear. And fear is the doorway to power. Fear is the doorway to power. There's one emotion that we all seek to avoid, it's fear. Fear is defined as an unpleasant emotion caused by the threat of danger, pain or harm. We avoid fear at all costs. Anything that triggers fear in our lives, we run from it. See a snake, we run, and you should. See a spider, we scream. A mouse, some people lose it. How many people are scared of mice? Ah, it's a mice. It's this big. Seriously, it's this big. It's this big. Seriously. Ah, mice. We avoid public speaking because of fear. We avoid risk because of fear. And here's the thing about fear. The more we avoid certain fears, the more they grow. The more we avoid that fear, the more we avoid it, the more we blame, the more we deny, guess what? The door gets bigger. The fear gets bigger. And the more control they have of our lives. Fears have the power to isolate us, paralyze us, make us slaves to whatever it is we fear. You know, it doesn't matter. This whole COVID thing has just caused fear to just go to another level in our life. If there was already some there, this has just taken it to a whole new level. Doesn't matter which side of the equation you're on. Doesn't matter, you know, there's the, you know, COVID is really important. We go, okay, that's one. That, that's some fear involved there. And then there's the fear on the other side. Government's controlling us, blah, blah. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it, please. Let's just avoid it. I'm not going to get into it. But, you know, it's, it's risen fear on every side. Doesn't matter what's really going on here. In the, you know, and there's fear on either side that's been rising. It's, it's one of the, the, the ways the enemy has used this. It's to, it's to instill fear in our hearts and lives. Here's the paradox. If we walk through the door of fear, what we find on the other side of the door is power, strength, confidence. That's why Paul says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, listen, but of power, love, and a sound mind. It's as we walk through that door of fear, what we find on the other side of it is power, strength, confidence, a sound mind, love. Great example of this in the Bible. It's the story of Gideon. You know the story. The Midianites had oppressed the Israelites and they were afraid of them. So much so that the Bible says Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. You don't, uh, you don't, uh, thresh wheat in a wine press. You do it out in the open where the wind is. But he was threshing the wheat in a wine press because he was afraid of the Midianites. The Bible then says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. The first time that the angel appears to Gideon, he says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But here was Gideon. He was hiding, afraid. He was avoiding the Midianites. He was avoiding flying on an aeroplane, going on a cruise. 
He was avoiding the lift, the germs, the crowds. God says to him, God is with you, mighty warrior. The problem with Gideon was he didn't think he was a mighty warrior. He says, well, if God is with us, then why are we in such trouble? I love the text because God doesn't even answer his question. He, God, God said, didn't even hear the question. The Lord says to him, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midian. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest than Manasseh and I'm the least of my family. The Lord answered, I'll be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites leaving none alive. Then God leads Gideon to face the Midianites with 300 men. What did they have? What did 300 dudes have? What did they have to face this vast army? What did they have? They had a lantern, an empty jar and a trumpet. And they won a mighty battle. We will become slaves to whatever it is that we fear. And the only way to overcome the fear is to walk through the door of the fear. To face the fear. I wonder, is there a fear that's become your master? What is it that's holding you hostage, isolated, threatening you every day in a prison, screaming at you, saying, I'm bigger and stronger than you? Greatest way to deal with fear is just to walk through the door of it. Isaiah says, so do not be afraid. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God promises to be with us as we walk through the door of fear. Is there a fear that's holding you hostage? Is, is there a fear that has become your master that tells you this is what we do and this is what we don't do? Is there a fear that is stopping you being the very person that God has called you to be? What we do naturally, instinctively is to avoid every kind of fear, to avoid that door. But, but the reality is what's behind this door is power and strength. But we've got to walk through it. Um, I have this picture in my mind of fear. Um, when I see fear, I see fear knocking on the door of our house. I open the door and there's fear. I don't know what kind of picture you have of fear. I don't know what kind of image comes to mind when you, you know, if someone was to knock on your door and, and they were a personification of fear, what would it look like for you? I'll tell you what it looks like for me. It's a guy in his 40s. Sharp, sharp as a tack, suit, satchel, smart, intelligent, um, nice, caring, soft, gentle, just a, just a nice guy. And he knocks on the door and he says, belong to a worldwide organisation that is interested in keeping people safe to look after the well-being of people. And, you know, we just like to do an assessment. We can do a free assessment on your home. Only take 30 minutes. And just to show you, you know, see if there's anything, any dangers in your home. See if we can help you out in any way. And we just leave the report with you and you just do whatever you want with that. And we go, well, what's wrong with that? That's probably a good thing. Just keep me safe. It's fantastic. 
And so we let fear into our home. And that's the biggest mistake we make. We just let fear into our home. Fear never presents itself as I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to, I'm going to do something. No, fear, fear starts off, hey, you need to be kept safe. I'm here to help you. I'm here to guide you. I'm here to protect you from the big bad wolf and the big, the big monster, the boogeyman. I'm here to help protect you from the boogeyman. And so fear comes in and does an assessment on our home. And You know, I looked at some of the food in your, in your pantry and looked at the back and the packaging. Have you seen all those numbers that are on the back of that package? Each one of those numbers represents, you know, something which isn't very good. Just letting you know, just, just letting you know. Checked out your fridge, you know those, those black spots? You know how there's that rubber around the fridge? There's always a few black spots there, isn't there? Come on, come on, come on, come on, just tell me. You want me to come to your house and see you? Come on. Well, we did a little test on those black spots and, well, I just can't tell you what we found, you know what I mean? And if that stuff gets, you know, come on, come on, you with me? And fear starts, Wi-Fi. Oh, we, we saw where you've got the Wi-Fi. We can do a whole report on Wi-Fi and security and we found a few spiders around the place and heard a few noises in the, in the ceiling and there could be some rodents and on and on and on and on and on. And fear slowly starts to take over one step at a time, one step at a time until it takes more and more until we become a complete slave to fear. How do we deal with fear? We need to tell that young man, get out of my house. Get out of my house. Get out of my... For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Get out of my house in the name of Jesus by the grace of God. Now, I understand we need to do what we need to do. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not telling you we shouldn't look at those numbers on the back of the packaging and we need to clean the fridge in the name of Jesus. But ultimately, our trust and faith is in God. How many people are going to go home and clean their fridge tonight? Today, come on. What did, Pastor, what, what, what did you get out of the message today? Clean the fridge. <laughs> Pastor Joe might come over and check it. Second of the paradoxes is conflict. Conflict is the doorway to intimacy. Conflict is the doorway to intimacy. There's one thing we all seek in life. It's deep friendships, close friendships, spending time with people we want, that we can trust, people that we can open up to freely. In marriage, it's closeness and oneness. Isn't that what the Bible says? For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and the two sh and shall be united to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. What is it about marriage, the intent of marriage? It's two people becoming one person. That speaks of intimacy, closeness. Um, deep friendship is what it speaks about. And in marriage, we think that the road to getting there is filled with rose petals, expensive gifts, romantic uh, dinners and poetry, blah, 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 blah. The reality is, one of the doorways to intimacy, closeness, deep friendship, is in fact conflict. Most relationships go through three stages. In marriage, stage one is where couples talk about nothing for hours. It's true of friendships too. Talk in marriage especially for hours. It's superficial chit-chat, likes, dislike, each trying to get to know each other. And this stage in a relationship is very important. It's where couples are looking for common ground. 
most importantly, they're trying to ask, they're trying to answer one very simple question. Can I trust you with my heart? Can I trust you with my heart? And so initially it's just talking about all kinds of things and, and kind of nothing. And this stage can last for, you know, days, weeks. And generally, if relationships get through stage one, they move to stage two, the stage of conflict. It's where individuals feel comfortable enough to tell the other person exactly how they feel. I'm ticked. <laughs> Fuming, actually upset. Now, if they don't tell the other person how they really feel, if they fear conflict or tension, the relationship stays in stage one. And all they talk about is the weather. How was your day? My day was good. Was your day good? Was everything great? Great. Sooner or later, they get bored and you start to drift away from each other. Instead, for the people that value the relationship, they dare to enter the tunnel of chaos, the tunnel of conflict. It's risky. They walk through the door of conflict. It's risky because you don't know if you're going to get to the other side. But the people that walk through the door of conflict experience stage three, a stage of intimacy. Or couples that have ever had a misunderstanding, you know what I'm talking about? There's an argument. No, sorry, a discussion. It's a discussion. One person dares to bring up an issue and then it's on for young and old. Come on, you guys are looking holy. I know, I know, I've heard all about it, all right? Come on, I know what's going on. Uh, and then it's on for young and old. You know, you said, blah, blah, blah. no, but I said, blah, blah, blah. yeah, but you said this, yeah, but I said this, and it's gone backwards and forwards. It wasn't what you said, it was the tone of voice. You know, it's always about the tone. You, yeah. I didn't say that. And then sooner or later it gets to, you know, no, but what I meant was this. Yeah, but you said that. Yeah, but I didn't mean that. What I meant was this. What I said was this. I'm sorry. Eventually, usually, I don't know, usually he says sorry. I, I don't know. That's just... <laughs> I can't look there. <laughs> and then she says sorry because she's made to say sorry. And then, and then we, and then. <laughs> it's not true. I say sorry. It's in the kennel with Theodore again tonight. <laughs> it's in the kennel again. I usually end up saying sorry because 99.9 .9 times I'm wrong. So that's the reality, all right? Back, back, back in the house. Uh, it, but, in, but in the process, listen carefully, listen carefully. In the process of conflict, if you deal with it in the right way, you know each other just a little bit more and you're a little bit closer to each other. The two people that are out here are now just a little bit closer to each other. It's not about the conflict ever. It's about what you do with it. And we can avoid it. And we can, we can ah, just the thought of walking through that door. No, I just can't walk. We can, we can pretend it's not there. We can deny the reality of it. Or you can face it understanding that conflict is the doorway to intimacy. The Bible says if your brother or sister sins against you and you point out their fault just between the two of you, if they listen to you, you've won them over. The spirit of that is just, just go to the person, talk to them about whatever the issue is because on the other side of it is a deeper friendship. 
It's true of our relationship with people. It's also true of our relationship with God. When we first come to Christ, everyone, everything's amazing. We, can un, we can't understand how we miss this. But then what happens is we go through some challenges, difficulties, trials. We pray and God doesn't answer. In fact, he does the opposite. In the early stages, we would pray and God would just do, you know, everything would just happen. It's outstanding. And then as we grow, suddenly we're praying and God is doing the opposite. How we handle those challenges will determine our relationship with God. It will determine whether our relationship with God remains superficial or it becomes deeper. Look through the Bible, you'll see Job wrestled with God. Jacob wrestled with God. David wrestled with God. And in the wrestling, they came to know God in a deeper way. They could have just settled for a superficial relationship with God. They could have, they could have just said, oh, that's the way God works and just, and just, oh, you know, and just, just avoid the conflict. But those people that are willing to walk through the door of conflict and actually ask God the tough questions and wrestle with God, experience what's on the other side of that. They experience intimacy with God. Job says, I'd heard of him, but now my eyes have seen him. Because he dared to walk through the, through the door of conflict with God. He dared to ask the questions and to wrestle with God. Jacob said, I'm not leaving you until you bless me. I'm not leaving you until you bless me. And God blessed him. God blessed him. Never be afraid, afraid to wrestle with God. Just a quick note of caution here. I felt it's required. If you love conflict, if some of you are going, Pastor Joe, this is just what I wanted to hear. Thank God some of you are, you got water in your mouth. You just can't wait to get out of here. You know, if you love conflict, then you've got a problem. And if you hate conflict, if you hate, if you avoid this door at all costs, if you rather sweep it under the carpet than confront it, then you too have got some issues to work through. Tunnel of conflict should always be entered with fear and trembling, with respect and with lots of prayer. And when we do, on the other side, what we find is intimacy. Amen. Last one. Last one is... Um, it's truth. Prop, you're doing such an amazing job here. Just don't move, okay? Okay. Um, the third paradox is truth, and truth is the doorway to freedom. Truth is the doorway to freedom. The Bible is really clear about this. Jesus said, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. A lot of people want freedom. I want to be free from this addiction, this turmoil, this problem, this battle, my past, the hurts and wounds. But they don't want to do the work required to get there. It's the truth that brings us freedom. No one likes to hear the truth. In the famous words of Jack Nicholson, you can't handle the truth. Truth is always confrontational. Jesus always spoke to the truth, sorry, the truth to the Pharisees. And the more they did, the more they hated him. I can tell you the Pharisees never hugged Jesus when he spoke truth to them. They avoided him. And we have two ways that we can live our lives. We can live in a deception in this little bubble. 
Now we think we're in a certain place, think everything's okay, we're doing fine, there are no problems. Or we can live with an understanding that says, it's not what I think about myself that's important, it's what does God think. It's not about what I think about what I'm doing that's important, it's what does God think about this. That's the most important question that we need to answer. And the way we protect ourselves from deception, you've heard me say this again and again, we're going to keep on talking about it because we're living in the last days. One of the marks of the last days is deception. I'm seeing it all around me. Where I don't, I don't, I don't know which Bible we, 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 we read, but it seems like a completely different gospel that we're actually following. How do we protect ourselves from deception? Because it can happen to all of us. Number one is actually understand that it can happen to all of us. I can be deceived. Doesn't matter that I'm a pastor. Doesn't matter that I've been doing this for years and years and years. Doesn't matter that I pray. Doesn't matter that I read my Bible. Doesn't matter that I come to Life Christian Center. It doesn't matter. I can be deceived. We can all be deceived. Given the right circumstances, the right situations, the right difficulties, the right challenges, we can all be deceived. That's the first thing that we need to accept. The second thing that we need to accept is stay connected to this place called the Church of Jesus Christ. There's something very protective about the building. I don't know what it is. It's not the building. It's the people. It's the church. Be planted in the... They that are planted in the house of God shall flourish in the courts of our God. Why? Because there's a protection here. I don't get it, but it's the truth. It'll protect your life. It'll protect your marriage. It'll protect your family. And thirdly, have a passion for the truth. Have a passion for the truth. It's an attitude in our heart that says, Lord, I want to know the truth. As we seek after truth, what we experience on the other side of this is freedom. We're scared. Oh, if I hear the truth, it's going to hurt me. It's going to, it's going to upset me. But what we find on the other side of that door is freedom. Freedom. Some people want the freedom, but they don't want to hear the truth. Proverbs says, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Job says, blessed is the one whom God corrects. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty, for he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, but, he also, but his hands also heal. Psalm says, let a righteous man strike me. That is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. That is oil on my head. I don't know what the oil deal was back then. I'm not really sure, but maybe it's gel or something like that. Maybe something good. I don't know. Maybe it's aftershave. I don't know. My head will not refuse it, for my prayer will still be against the deeds of evildoers. Let a righteous man strike me. That's a kindness. Let him rebuke me. That's an amazing thing, says David. One of the greatest things that we can do is life, in life is have a heart to hear the truth. Have a heart to hear the truth. Great example of this in the life of David when he sinned with Bathsheba. There was adultery, murder. Uh, but as, as far as David was concerned, everything was okay. He went on with his life for, it's believed, up to about a year. After all this happened, it was about 12 months. And he thought everything was good until one day the prophet Nathan knocks on his door and he's presented with the story of sheep. You know the story. We learn so much from David. I love, I love David. We learn about worship. We learn about leadership. But we also learn about how to deal with sin in our lives. Read Psalm 51. It's a powerful psalm. If ever you've fallen into sin, if ever you've made a mistake, read Psalm 51. 
It's a power. All of us, from time to time in our lives, have had to go to Psalm 51. And Psalm is, and David is writing, and it just, it's just, it's amazing. When he was confronted with truth, how did David respond? He said, I have sinned against the Lord. He didn't excuse his sin. He didn't blame someone else. He took responsibility for his actions, and the Bible says the Lord forgave him. I wonder, do we have a Nathan in our lives that if they saw us going in the wrong direction would have the courage and the confidence to tell us, to challenge us with the truth? And if they did challenge us with the truth, would we have an ear to hear it? New Testament tells us lots of things. It tells us to love one another tells us to pray for one another, encourage one another, comfort one another, help one another. I love all of those. Please, if ever you want to do any of those, certainly pray for me. New Testament also says this. It also says admonish one another. Ooh, oh, that one hurt. It says, admo- you know, back in the old days, we knew what it, what it meant to admonish someone. To, to admonish someone is... is um, when we see someone doing the wrong thing, we call it out. Mm. If we do that today, we'll get slaughtered. You, know, you think you are. No one's perfect. Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. Not everyone can be like you. Question, are we our brother's keeper? Bible says we are. We are. And again, there's some people eat a little word of caution. Some people thinking, well, great, here's my chance to blast them. I've been waiting for this. Pastor Joe preached it. I'm walking through that door of truth for them. For them. I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the one, the delivery person knocking on the door with, here's a parcel for you. What is it? It's a parcel of truth. Here it is for you. Most times in the New Testament, truth is always paired with the word, with the word love. It's always truth and love. Jesus, full of grace and truth. It's beautiful. It's, full of, it's the best parenting style. It's loving but firm. It's, it's, it's pouring on the love but not being afraid to speak truth and set boundaries. Truth must always be presented with love and grace. So whatever you're going through right now, whatever challenges you're facing right now, what you need to hear, what you need, more than, what we need more than anything else is a word of truth. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. On the other side of this door is freedom. But you've got to walk through it. If we have a heart for truth, position ourselves to hear the truth. Lord, I just, it's a prayer. Lord, I just want to know the truth. You seek after truth, as difficult as it may be. You see, I don't know about you, but if I don't want to hear the truth, I'll go to those friends that I know. They're going to they're gonna stroke me. Oh, poor Pastor Joe. Oh, you poor thing. But if, I, but if I want to hear the truth, I know who I need to go to. Because I know they're going to tell me the truth. My pastor, mentor, you know, Pastor Elio, he never has a problem with sharing the truth with me. <laughs> I could explain to him that there's grace and love. You know, it's truth and love, you know. Is the love. But I thank God. I, I thank God. I thank God for those kind of people in my life 
who, who, who have the permission and the courage and the confidence to tell me when I'm drifting away in the wrong direction. If you walk through the door of truth, you're going to experience freedom. There are so many more of these I could give you. Listen carefully. There's so many more of these I could give you. Depression is a doorway to hope and joy. But how can that be? Depression is a loss of hope. I have no hope for the future. It's feeling down, dark. Depression is like the red, door, the red light on your dashboard. When it lights up, it means there's a problem. And if you get to the bottom of the problem and deal with it, the light will go off. If you walk through the door of depression, on the other side, hope will begin to rise. And so will joy. So we, 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 we are, the door's got depression on there. We avoid it at all costs. Depression is the problem. We blame, we deny. But so often, it's as we walk through that door, and what's on the other side of that door is, is hope and joy. Here's another one. Anxiety is the doorway to peace. That's crazy. That's, that's stupid. Anxiety is the opposite of peace. Yes, but as you get to the bottom of the anxiety, as you dare to walk through that door of anxiety where, where you actually face the reality of it instead of avoiding it, you're going to get to the bottom of it whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, you're going to get to the bottom of it and then you're going to find as a result of getting to the bottom of it, anxiety doesn't just come out of nowhere. It, it's coming from something. It's either, it's either physical, emotional or spiritual. It's one of those three. And when you get to the bottom of it, one of the things you're going to experience is peace. Your blessing, freedom, joy is in the very thing that is a problem. Your, your freedom, joy, uh, blessing is in the very problem that you're trying to avoid. It's as you walk through it that what you find on the other side is freedom and joy. But in order to experience that, you gotta walk through the door. I could give you so many more. And I'm done. I'm out of time. Humility is the doorway to promotion. Humility has, it's a door called humility. On the other side of it is promotion. Giving is the doorway to wealth. Confession is the doorway to grace. Anger is a doorway to justice and love. Wounds are a doorway to healing. The answer is in the problem itself but you must be willing to walk through that door. Three challenging emotions, fear, conflict, truth. Paradoxes, as we face these emotions, we get freedom. We get power instead of fear, intimacy instead of conflict, freedom instead of truth. I wonder, has the Holy Spirit been speaking to someone today? I wonder. Some of you are saying, Pastor Joe, I know what you're saying, but I, I know what I need to do, but I don't want to do it. It's too hard don't have the strength, I don't want to walk through that door. I know, I know what you're saying, I know, but I don't want to do it. It's too hard. For some, it's just easier to live with the challenges, to pretend it's not there, to avoid it at all costs, rather than walk through the door. That's you today. I want you to know ultimately what enables us to walk through the door. It's not willpower, strength, 
It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. No one wants to walk through that door. It's the grace of God. He gives us the strength to do what we cannot do on our own. One more door all of us need to walk through. One more door. It's a door called Jesus. Some people think if I give my life to Jesus, my life's finished. Boring. My life is dead once I give my life to Jesus. But here's the paradox. Jesus is the doorway to life and life in abundance. That as we walk through this door and we give our life to Jesus, what we find on the other side is life and life in abundance. Isn't that what Jesus said when he said, I am the door? To enter through me is to experience life, freedom and satisfaction. Key to experiencing all of that is to give our lives to Jesus. And not only does He give us life, freedom, satisfaction, how does He give us life, free and sa- freedom, and satisfaction? How does He give us those things? He gives us to gra- the grace to walk through those other things. The fears that are keeping us back. He gives us the grace to walk through those things. He speaks truth into our lives with love and grace. And step by step, He ministers healing to our lives and makes us whole by His grace and for His glory. Will you stand with me? This message is so easy to preach. Oh, it's beautiful. I love preaching this message. Oh, it feels so good just preaching it. I have a little bit of trouble. (laughs) It's walking through that door is another story. It's another story. It's another story. But God is going to give us the grace. Can I hear an amen? Come on. God is going to give us the grace. Consider it pure joy. When you walk through the door of trials, because they produce something. God wants to produce something in you. He wants to give you freedom, blessing, and joy. Never be afraid to walk through those doors. Because God is going to bless you. On every eye closed, every head bowed. We've run out of time, but you know, I just want to pray for you. And maybe, maybe as I've been speaking, some of you have been saying, yeah, I know there's a door I've got to walk through and I just, just don't have the confidence, the grace, I just don't have the ability. I don't want to do it. I don't want to hear the truth. If that's you or you're struggling with fear or there's conflict issues, you know, or something else that I was talking about and God really spoke to you. I want every eye closed, every head bowed. I just want to pray for you. That's all I'm going to do. Just lift up your hand and say, yeah, Pastor Joe, pray for me. Just give me, just keep me there. I know, I know. I know what you're saying is true. I know, I know. I went to that counsellor once and, and they, they told me stuff ticked me off. I knew they were saying the right thing. I'm not going back again. You can put your hand back down. I'm not going back again. Well, maybe you need to go back again. So that you allow that truth to bring freedom in your life. Father, you saw the hands that are raised and all of us have got a door we need to walk through. All of us have got doors that we're avoiding 
blaming, denying the reality of. We've all got stuff in our lives, Lord God, that we don't want to acknowledge. I just thank You for the truth in Your Word, Your truth of Your Word that says that if we do walk through that door, we can experience freedom on the other side. Blessing, joy, peace. So Father, will You give us the grace, the power to do that which we cannot do in our own strength? Because we want to be everything that You've called us to be. Bind every work of the enemy. We bind every work of the enemy. We resist every thought of the enemy in Jesus' name. That which the enemy has meant for harm, you shall use for your glory. In the name of Jesus, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. All things work together for good for those who love you, Lord God. We stand on your word and the truths of your word. And I thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Amen.